0: The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Hey, Niles. Maris found a gray hair. (laughs) Daphne, get Niles a brandy. (laughs) It was right at the apex of her widow's peak. Better bring the bottle. (laughs) She blames me, Dad. She said it's from the stress I caused her last night when I thoughtlessly turned on the light while she was getting undressed.
1: And that's Niles on Fraser, and his relationship with marriage with Maris is not something any of us want to emulate and they definitely are having problems with sexuality and that's what we're going to talk about today with my guest Dr. Tiffany Kissler, who's an assistant professor of couple and family Therapy at the University of Rhode Island and Dr. Kissler teaches courses in couple and family relationships and in sexuality and sex therapy and she's also the co-founder and clinical director of the Center for Sexual Health in Providence, Rhode Island. So, welcome, Dr. Kissler.
2: Thank you for having me. Okay.
1: And uh, what are some of the factors that affect sexuality?
2: One of the big things that we see is really your attitude about sexuality. And in particular, having an un- unhealthy attitude, thinking of sex as dirty or sinful or non personal, so. N- Focusing it as um, on the object, and the object of somebody else versus that intimate connection. Um, those are some things that interfere.
1: Yeah, and that's that's pervasive throughout our culture that we're taught that it's something. Uh, don't touch there as little kids, or we're just taught that it's something that's very right. unhealthy. And yeah. uh, I know religion does some damage. I don't know if you see that at all.
2: Um, absolutely, we see um, very conservative. Um, strict certain beliefs about sexuality that bring with it a sense of shame and a sense of sin that can cause problems for people even once they're in a marriage and they're saying we know that it's sanctioned within this relationship It's really hard for me to let go of all these beliefs i've learned about it from childhood
1: right and that's very very hard to uproot I heard one therapist say that sex is something dirty, but why are we supposed to keep it for the person we love, you know, wait until marriage? Yeah. And it's such a it's contradiction. A <laughs> People are just so flooded with uh, conflicting ideas about it. And, of course, they can develop an unhealthy attitude about sex, too. That's not good. Um, what are, what's another factor that affects uh, yours or mine or anyone's sexuality?
2: I think um, a big factor is body image. So how are you feeling about yourself? And this can um, undergo a lot of changes over the life course when you age or after the birth of children. And if you're feeling insecure, or uncomfortable with your body, it really shuts down some of that ability to be open and share it with your partner.
1: Right. Like Maris wanted the lights turned off uh, because he would see her body, not because she just. that's just a preference. Some people do like the lights turned off
2: exactly right if the
1: mirror is your enemy then how are you going to make love with a partner
2: yeah you don't want to you want to have your eyes closed and the lights off and that's really taking away from intimacy instead of opening up intimacy and we like to encourage people that you see each other for more than just your body and to be able to touch an experience and it doesn't need to um be compared to some media image that we think we need to uphold to be attractive.
1: Right. So if your thoughts while you're trying in a romantic moment with your partner are, is my belly too fat? Am I too big? Is he noticing my gray hairs? Is he, I mean, where's your, where's your mind?
2: Yes, then you're not tuning into the experience at all. You're doing what's called spectatoring. So you're outside of yourself watching. You're not in, tuning into your body, right. to your partner, experiencing the, the sensuality, the sensation.
1: So it's like you're in the bleachers looking <laughs> looking exactly. down, and watching yourself uh, in a romantic moment that's no longer romantic.
2: And, and judging yourself, in fact.
1: Right, and, and it's not like, hey, go for it. It's not like you're a cheerleader, right. which would be a better image, but it's more like a critical uh, parent looking over you saying, what the heck are you doing, and you look exactly. ugly. And, um what about selflessness? I mean, a lot of people feel like, you know, that's another factor that affects sexuality, that they don't feel worthy of pleasure.
2: and I really try to encourage people that you need to value yourself and you need to give yourself permission for pleasure. And part of giving yourself permission for pleasure also means exploring your own body and your own self and finding out what's pleasurable to you at this point in time because that can change. And inviting in your partner and communicating about it and sharing it with each other.
1: So really valuing your own sensuality. And I know during a workshop I went to that recently that you gave, you handed out hand cream to everybody. And the point of that was what?
2: Yes, that was just a little mini experiment as you um, feel the different sensations as the receiver and the giver so that you could tune into yourself, and it was really an experiment in mindfulness. So we want to encourage people to be mindfulness, being present in the moment, not that judge evaluating yourself sitting off on the bleachers. Tune right into your body tune into your partner right and
1: so you had us take one hand and pretend that one hand was the giver and the other hand was the receiver Yes. And just to really feel the sensations, feel what it's like to be the giver, feel what it's like to be the receiver when you give yourself, just rubbing your hands, a hand you know, but that's just uh,
2: symbolism. a, a symbolism yes.
1: symbolic of allowing yourself to feel the sensuality, allowing yourself to be present in the moment with your partner. um what's another big killer or something that a factor that uh, messes up sexuality for partners.
0: Hey, I gotta interrupt this, cause we've gotta pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad, and then Alan will be back. Romance. Oh, I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. <laughs> Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, uh, here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance. A serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm, The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting.
1: What's another big killer or something that, a factor that uh, messes up sexuality for partners?
2: I think... Um, a what we, what we see in the literature is that one of the strongest predictors of sexual satisfaction is sexual communication. And a lot of times we'll see that people never learned how to communicate with their partner around these issues. If we're taught it's dirty, it's shameful, or you just do it, you don't talk about it. Then we can't make adjustments as time goes on. We can't learn from each other and share with each other. We might also have unresolved uh, or frequent conflict that gets in the way. So improving communication and resolving conflict is really a critical aspect of developing your sexual potential.
1: And it's definitely a skill. You know, you can say it feels better here. Instead of, why are you doing that or expecting your partner to read your mind? He should just know, or she should just know, or that's the stupidest thing.
2: Yes, and mind reading. (laughs) Right,
1: so it's just really developing an increasing comfort with saying, um, this this feels better. Tell your partner what you want rather than what you don't want.
2: Exactly. You know,
1: focus on what works, and being willing to experiment a little with each other. What's another factor that gets in the way of romance, of sexuality?
2: I think... um, uh, Another thing that gets in the way is not making making pleasure, time a priority. So this is just something that comes last or expecting that it should just emerge spontaneous. And, in fact, with when we look at arousal patterns of women versus men, women don't really have what, the spontaneous desire in the same way as men do. So you have to make it a priority. You have to take time for for uh, and value pleasure. Let yourself relax, take the pressure off, and enjoy.
1: Right. So it's really helping uh, more so women than men, but it could go either way, yeah. to just learn to value their sensuality, to get in touch with it, and to share it with a partner, and to make it more of a priority um, in their day. Listen, thank you so much for joining me today. This is Dr. Tiffany Kissler, who's an assistant professor of couple and marital uh, ther- couple and family therapy at the University of Rhode Island. And if you also want some information on sexuality, check out my book that I wrote with Dr. Ed Locke, The Selfish Path to Romance, How to Love with Passion and Reason. So check Ellen Kenner at Dr. Ed Locke on Amazon.com and enjoy your sexual
0: life. For more Dr. Kenner podcasts, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the Serious Romance Guidebook, by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke.
1: There are rational, practical approaches to resolving conflict with your romantic partner and anyone for that matter. For example, nip escalating tensions in the bud. When people stifle thoughts and feelings, they seethe quietly, and anger surfaces indirectly in their body language and tone of voice. People who have stored up a lot of hurt and frustration may suddenly let loose fairly aggressively using flawed communication methods. Some individuals manage to stifle their feelings for a lifetime and they become seriously depressed. They never give themselves a voice and they betray their deepest
0: desires.